Can't get enough of your favorite Bravo shows? Then check out Hot Off The Mess, a pop culture podcast from The Dip hosted by me, Samantha Bush, aka Bravo Historian. New episodes of Hot Off The Mess come out twice a week. Tuesday's show is about general pop culture, the latest headlines, whatever else is going on in my life. Well, Friday's episode is more focused on all things in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. Each week, I'm joined by Bravo-obsessed fans and, of course, Bravo celebrities themselves, such as Dorinda Medley, Tamara Judge, Margaret Josephs, to kind of break down what happened during the week. And it might get weird, it might get snarky, but it's definitely going to get messy. So subscribe to Hot Off The Mess wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, queens. Are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Gnosis discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, so today we're going to discuss an article that we came across in The Guardian. It was originally published in The New York Times, actually, sorry. Was it? Yeah. So we're pulling it from The Guardian because it's not behind a paywall. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a list of 36 questions. And it was first published in 1997 in an academic paper by psychologist Arthur Aaron under the title, The Experimental Generation of Interpersonal Closeness, a Procedure and Some Preliminary Findings. So the questions appeared in the appendix along with instructions that the team had given each pair a list of questions and that they were supposed to work their way through the questions in order asking and answering all 36 questions over the period of about an hour. And then six months later, two of the participants were married to one another. So basically, there's these 36 questions. And the theory, at least, is that if you ask these questions to somebody, that you'll fall in love. And me, I've always been very skeptical of this, mainly because I was reading through these questions. And I'm like, if I were to ask this on a date, it would just feel really forced and weird. And secondly, if they gave the wrong answer, I'd probably next them. So I'm skeptical. So we're going to break down these questions from the FDS perspective and probably answer it ourselves. And maybe you'll fall in love with us. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, I don't think these are like first date questions. I think they're meant to be asked whilst you're dating because I've done like a similar exercise with a guy I was dating at the time. It, would, it definitely wouldn't be appropriate to do it on a first date. Definitely not. Yeah, not ask all 36 questions on the first date. That would be really weird. Maybe ask one or two of them on the first date and then trickle it throughout the time that you're getting to know them. But again, if they gave the wrong answer to any of these questions, I'd be like, "Mm." yeah, 
But it can be really insightful, though, especially if you're trying to ascertain compatibility. Although you do need to take some of the answer with a pinch of salt, especially if it's around the questions relating to values, because they might doctor the answers a bit to sound a bit better than they are. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, are they trying to say this is going to make someone fall in love with you? Or is it well, supposed to like screen out people who are incompatible with you? Because those are two different things. True. They're overselling the make someone fall in love with you with these questions. <laughs> but just as an aside, though, as well, I've just been reading the abstract of the actual study. And it said that the first study found that there was greater closeness after completing the task. But the second and third studies found no significant closeness effects. So the, the participants in the second and third studies didn't actually get closer. So after. I'm right to be skeptical then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's almost like a love is blind, like in 97, love is blind, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so should we jump into the questions? There's three sets of 12. Yeah, let's jump in. So we're going to do part one. That's going to be set one. So who wants to read this? Okay. So set one, uh, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Now, if he says the Marquis de Sade, just cut and run, dump, run very, very far and fast away. Yeah, what would be some red flag dinner guests? I don't know, Elon Musk. Stalin. Yeah, Elon Musk, I was going to say. <laughs> Joseph Stalin. Kanye West. <laughs> uh, literally any shitty man, Hitler. <laughs> Almost any politician, to be honest. <laughs> would be a red flag. I'm trying to think if there's like any politician who they could say that I wouldn't be alarmed at on some level. Mm -hmm. Maybe like Abraham Lincoln or something. Yeah, okay. I'd be mm, okay with yeah. that. Yeah, but I'm like, anybody else? I'd also be suspicious if he was saying, if he was like, oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'd be like, are you saying that because you actually believe it or because it's just what you think I want to hear kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. True. I'm going to text my boyfriend this question right away and see what he says, actually. Ask him, like, who you, who you would have as a dinner. I guess it could be both living and alive. So I'm wondering if he picks anybody with a, a specific political angle, even if you said, like, Karl Marx or someone else, I think just picking someone from a political angle to me would be like, okay, this is a guy that's going to download all his opinions to me for the next... 40 or 50 minutes. Honestly, if a guy said Karl Marx, I'd probably want to fuck him more, to be honest, but yeah. that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the rationale because I've actually thought about this question myself and because I was like super into Russian history, I would definitely want to interview like one of Lenin? like, no. you know, that maybe like the last, like, for example, Tsar and Tsarina. Like, I'd love to interview them or sit down with them. I mean, not so much because I agree with their philosophy, but more to understand their thought process as to why they went down the path of self Why they made the decisions that they did. Yeah, it's like, because sometimes it can be like a curiosity thing, not necessarily because you agree with them, but... It also depends on the rationale, but I would definitely probably have like Tsar Nicholas II or the Tsarina Alexandra. I would have the Tsarina. Definitely have the Tsarina. <laughs> Just for the roast. He says Jesus. You should also run. If he says Jesus, I'm definitely going to nope the fuck out as well. <laughs> if he's like, I want to talk to our Lord and Savior. <laughs> okay, should we, should we each answer like our actual answer? So Savannah answered her question. I would say Queen Elizabeth I. Eleanor of Aquitaine, Catherine the Great, Queen Nzinga of Ndongo and Matamba. I don't know, literally any base queen of history. I feel like I would pick someone who was very, very good at investing and then like, retroactively try to make myself rich, right? Like if I, <laughs> if I 
that's the only thing I can think of myself doing. Because like, I'm like, I guess with the internet, you can pretty much look up everything you ever really wanted to know about most people. But right? no, it's more about the discussion, the conversation, right? Like, who do I want to have a discussion with? I'd want to talk to the base queens of history because I want to know their strategy. I want to know how they did they, what they did and why so that I can be more like them. You know, a lot of history is actually very misogynistic and leaves out women. Right. So a lot of these women, they never got their actual perspective out there or, you know, their perspective is only written about from outsider perspective. I'd like to know. I'd like to, like, really pick their brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess if there was some kind of or art or that you've read that was really influential, then I could see wanting to talk to that person. J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Yeah, talk to that person and really understand their thought process and how they built their philosophy or the world if it was like a a fictional book like J.K. Rowling. But yeah, I guess, yeah, someone who's dead who has a book that I like, but I can't think of anybody right now, so... (laughs) 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 Okay, so moving on to question two, Uh, would you like to be famous? If so, in what way? I want to be Rihanna or nothing else. Not famous at all. (laughs) I mean, but just in the context of men, though, this is a very good question, actually, because there are some men who they might, and I've seen this this happen both in my own life and in the stories of Mm. women online. Um, how do you say it? They're almost like the Hollywood actor waiting in the wings. Like they're just waiting for their big break in Hollywood, you know, whilst they're not doing, I mean, whilst they don't even live in Los Angeles, for example. So if he does want to achieve a level of fame, you know, it's up to you how you feel about that, but he has to be actively, you know, on track to doing that. So if he wants to be an actor, he should be auditioning. He should, you know, be, for example, living there, not be having delusions of grandeur, like her dear friend on the neat episode, yeah. um, you know, hoping to make it big one day with actually putting in any effort so watch out for that but even then like even if they are putting in a lot of effort into becoming famous i'd still probably side eye someone like that it also depends on what they want to be famous for as like an entertainer you know i would not want to honestly if a guy's not currently a famous actor singer celebrity whatever i and he wants to be i probably would just next him because i don't want to be the like forever girlfriend of some want to be musician or whatever yeah and also bear in mind some men they will want to become famous because it will well they believe it will increase their access to women as well so that's another thing to watch out for i think if anybody chases fame for the sake of fame it's probably a red flag because nowadays there's so many people that are quote famous because of social media there's just tons of these like instagram youtube celebrities etc and they're constantly doing extremely toxic things for attention true so i think that famous for being famous or i just want to be seen types are probably going to veer into the toxic side versus like oh i'm i have a specific skill that i want to showcase to people is probably fine like hey i'm an artist hey i'm a, a rapper Hey, I, yeah, hey, act, et cetera. Like, if they want to be famous for being good at something, then I see that as less of a red flag than people that just chase fame. Yeah. Just don't want to be. I'm very uh, skeptical in all the like the couple vlogs and couple YouTube channels because they're always toxic. Like, half the reason people watch it is because the couples are. The family vloggers are toxic as fuck. Yeah. They're toxic, right? So. Oh my God. Yeah. That's where I'm like, "Mm," because everybody can be famous nowadays. You're seeing what's happening to the people that want to be famous above all else, and it's not pretty. 
<laughs> yeah, it de- I guess it depends what they want to be famous for. Like, so if I was on a date with a guy who was like an engineer or something, and he's like, oh, I want to be a really famous engineer. I want to like come up with a really unique design for something and be known for that. I think that's more okay. Or, or you know, say you want to date with someone who's an architect and he's like, oh, I want to be like Eric Anderson. I want to be a famous architect kind of thing. You know, that's good. I think that's good to be ambitious and to want to be like the best of your industry, right? But again, yeah, if it was someone like, oh yeah, I want to be famous for the sake of being famous or want to become like a meme or something. I don't know. That just seems kind of useless. Like, I don't know. I'd be suspicious of that. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, but for me personally, I don't know. My views on fame, like if, if I were to answer that question, I used to want to be famous, but like, I, I don't know. I've, especially with the podcast and everything. And like, again, I'm like not even close to being a celebrity at all. I'm like not even a B list or D list celebrity. I'm like a Z list celebrity. I have like what 3000 followers on Twitter, but even with that amount, yeah, yeah, but even confidence. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But no, even with that, even with that tiny, tiny amount of like, again, air quotes fame, it's like, it makes me a little bit sad sometimes when I talk to women in like Twitter spaces or in like the book club, some women will say like, oh, I'm just working up the courage to talk to you. And for any of you ladies listening in, if I ever have the opportunity to talk to you in real life or one-on-one on a phone call, like, please don't yeah. like think that way about me. Like, I'm just like a really normal person. I just want to talk to you like a normal person. Like, it kind of makes me a little bit sad, honestly, when women are like scared to talk to me because they think, I don't know what they think, but I don't, I don't know. I just... I wish I could talk to people who listen to the podcast like they're just a normal friend. You know what I mean? Being on a pedestal can be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And it's probably uncomfortable for most people unless they're a raging narcissist, right? Like <laughs> on some level. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a very normal person. Please talk to me like I'm a normal person. I accept all of your adulation. I revel in it. And was <laughs> 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 like, worship me. At all. I, like I said, I want to be Rihanna or nobody else, though. Like, I want to just, yeah. No, I don't like to be worshipped by women. I like to be worshipped by men only, okay? Because I see women as my equals. But when, again, when we have, like, male fans who are like, oh, my God, Lilith. I'm like, okay, this is good. I like to be put on a pedestal by men. But with women, I, you know, we're all on the same level. We're all equal. We're all in the same tribe. With men, no, you are beneath me. You should worship me. <laughs> but that being said about, I mean, if we, you know, I'm just going to loosely like equate, for example, uh, like wanting to become famous with being successful because they often come hand in hand, not always. I think if you have a desire to be known for something, because I don't really count the that the social media famous for being famous thing as actual, like a contribution to society, um, just like Rose said. But if you want to be known for something, say like a podcast, podcast or your art or whatever and you tell your partner that even if they're not like on board with it as in you know they may not want to be you know famous in their own right or famous with you they should still support you as well and be happy for you and not try and pull you down 10 pets because my partner's the same he's very very quiet introverted is happy to be in the background doesn't really like talking about you know things publicly but he's never been like you know you're never gonna get there he's actually been the opposite they should support you like where they can i think Yeah, your partner should want you to be successful. I could see not wanting necessarily your partner to be famous because that also puts a big screw on you, right? If your partner's really famous, but they shouldn't obviously sabotage you and become famous, they'll have to either figure out how to adjust or move. But I I guess I feel the same way about female dating strategy in general. Like I, I would want this to be successful, but I don't necessarily feel like I personally need to be famous, right? And that's because you're more looking at the impact, the positive impact on society. um, And then, you know, just getting paid for your labor that you're putting in but it's not like i need everyone to think that 
I'm personally the best thing that's ever happened in humanity, you know? So question three, before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you were going to say? And if so, why? No, well, that's weird. Why would you do that? I don't get it. Um, it depends what okay. it is, really. It really, it really, depends. really depends. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it depends on the conversation for me. Like, if I'm going to be having, I think, a more challenging conversation, I do like to make notes of what I'm going to say, whether that's to my family, to my partner, just so I have a bit of structure. Because I sometimes find it very difficult to talk about my personal feelings. So I just like to have it written down somewhere in like bullet point form just so I can cover everything that I need to say in a way that I want to say it so sometimes is my answer these days if I'm calling anyone on the telephone outside of my family it's a pretty special event right like it's because of texting so it's probably something that's more formal like a job interview or um, pitching something to somebody so then I probably write yeah like you said just write down a few bullet points so I can keep myself focused and on track and also if you're following FDS I generally like to have a few things I definitely want to touch on with someone who I'm talking to on the phone if I'm doing a pre-screen like let the yes, conversation yeah. kind of go naturally but also like have in the back of my mind or somewhere I mean don't be sitting there like crossing shit off a list like a weirdo <laughs> but like you know what I mean like especially if you're talking to a lot of guys like just give yourself oh this is the guy that had the, the dog in the picture or something so you can remember and then keep yourself on track and then also hit the stuff you want to talk about so you don't like get caught up in the moment and then don't uh, actually vet the guy properly. So I, I'm a fan of pre-rehearsing certain aspects of phone calls, both to save yourself time and also to come off well if you're trying to impress somebody. See, I never rehearse anything ever. Maybe I should actually start doing that because sometimes <laughs> I do tend to get off track. <laughs> But yeah, no, I like, I'm like, oh, I just like to think on my feet. I like just just let the words flow or whatever. I don't know. I find when I rehearse things in advance, I just sound stilted and stuff. So I just like to kind of, yeah, go for, be improvised and stuff. But if I were to ask a man this question and I don't know, what would be the correct answer? I can't think of one. Like I tend to think that if a guy is rehearsing the things that he says, he is going to work on his social skills. There's a person who's put in effort on his social skills. So I think that's a green flag yeah and also this is also the reason why generally speaking being face to face or talking on the phone is better than texting because you know when you're texting you have time to think about what you're going to say whereas uh you know natural conversations are more organic and they flow better and you know yeah like Lilith said I would be worried that if he comes across as too rehearsed it's almost like oh uh, you know I might be thinking like did he like buy like a load of you know, pickup lines from the red pill. Is this a pickup artist thing? Yeah. Romantically, that might be a little bit differently. But like, on the other hand, sometimes I feel if people c come and they talk to me and they're just completely unprepared for anything, I feel a little bit disrespected, <laughs> right? Because it's like, yeah. hey, and then the, there's all these like lulls in the conversation because they haven't thought of a single thing and they expect you to like carry everything, carry the entire conversation. Mm. So maybe balance there. Yeah, there's balance. Yeah. Yeah, there's the balance there. But it's like, if, you know, like, you know, say, for example, he has a job interview and he doesn't prepare, then yeah, that's going to be like a black mark against him. Or if he says, I just don't prepare, like, for job interviews, because you should. Yeah, the people who are unprepared for job interviews tend to s stand out. And It depends what the preparation <laughs> is, though, okay? Yeah. So, like, if it, is it, like, researching about the company? Is it, like you know, practicing, you know, doing role plays so that you're practicing the questions that they might ask, that kind of stuff. That's like, I see that as like, you know, good. When I say people don't even remember the things that are on their own resume, 
Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Lying, right? yeah. Like, yeah, like doing, you know, five to 10 minutes to remember what you submitted would be the sign of like you being a socially responsible person. If you have to do that, it means you lied on your resume, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like maybe they just, yeah. Case by case basis. Yeah. <laughs> <That one>. Yeah. <laughs> Use Sorry. your critical thinking skills to evaluate if his answer sounds sus to you or not. Yeah. Yeah. If he's like trying to come at you with a hard sale, like a pickup artist or um, somebody trying to get you to sign up for a magazine subscription, then <laughs> abort ship. Yeah. <laughs> or abandon ship. Yeah. Abort mission, abandon ship. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question four. What would constitute a perfect day for you? Ooh. Mm. Should we answer it for us personally? I don't know, because the guy... There's like a million different answers to the question, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I don't know. Again, this is one of those, like, you'd have to use your critical thinking skills to evaluate if his answer is satisfactory to you or not. But for me personally, perfect day, wake up at noon, get up, have coffee, breakfast, spend a good leisurely time making myself like pancakes or waffles or one of my favorite breakfast foods like that. Go to the gym, pump some iron, hit a few PRs, come back, make lunch or dinner, whatever, however long that time is uh at some point during that probably take my dog out for a long walk actually either like before the gym or after the gym probably both actually yeah uh go for another walk around sunset and just have a leisurely chill day that's my perfect day yeah food gym dog there's not a right answer but there are wrong answers what would be a wrong answer to you roll over (laughs) roll over in my bed and play world of warcraft for 12 hours a day Okay, yeah. <laughs> jerk off and play Vidya all day. Yeah, jerk off, jerking off, eating tendies, playing Vidya <laughs> is probably a red flag. <laughs> or anything that constitutes people doing shit for him above yeah. and beyond. Like, oh, so I want my wife to cook for me, etc. Which, okay, if I guess it's not bad if a guy wants a woman who will cater to him in some way and the sense of like if they like being taken care of. But if the entire mm. thing is like you doing shit and them not being active participants in their life, I consider that a wrong answer. If he said something like, we wake up together and make breakfast together. That would be yeah, cute. But if he's like, different. I wake up and you make me breakfast exactly. and serve it to me in bed, I'd be like, fuck off, double middle finger to you. And, you know, some guys also say stuff like a perfect, well, what, I mean, this was a lot in the BDSM community and I think it might st- extend outside now as well. But they would say stuff like free use. Do you know what that is? Oh, basically yeah. Where you're like, disgusting. yeah, basically where you are sexually available. You're yeah. just like a flashlight that he sticks his dick in whenever. Yeah, whenever he wants. So, like, your body is freely available for him to use. A lot of guys said that, like, in the BDSM community. I hate that fetish so much. If they say that, then, yeah, run as fast as you can. He's a scrot. I'm porn sick. Yeah, the entire premise of that fetish is that the woman's pleasure doesn't matter at all and that she's literally just a sex object for him to stick his dick in whenever. Yeah. There's so many things I know now that... (laughs) (laughs) not just because of you but reddit in general and (laughs) that yeah it's like a second puberty being on reddit when he realized just how like shit people are it's like people wonder why we go hard and it's like man if you knew the shit that was out there just spend like 15 minutes on reddit (laughs) i I think my perfect day would be doing something new i'd never done before or traveling Mm. someplace i'd never traveled before and nice. like, yeah, I love brunch. You need to start every perfect day with brunch. Yes. yes. Agreed. Yes. 
Yes. I think brunch is the perfect meal because it's not quite lunch, not quite breakfast. So you can have protein and fresh fruit and it doesn't, you know, you have something sweet or savory. All you can eat brunch where you don't have to cook it yourself. That's ideal. Yes. Yeah. And you can get that at a hotel, right? So if you're traveling, you can go to the hotel, have brunch, then go out and sightsee all day. I really love seeing like historical buildings and stuff like that. So to me, Mm. a really stimulating day would be going somewhere where I could tour a new city I'd never been before and just like learn about a bunch of new stuff. I'm quite the same. So... That also sounds great. Yeah, I'd say I'm the same as Rowe. I periodically like to just book like a really, 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 really swanky hotel for myself and then spend the day exploring the city and feeling like an Instagram boss bitch. Man, I feel I feel lame as fuck that my perfect day is going is surrounded by going to the gym. Now you guys are like worldly <laughs> ladies who want to travel, and I'm like, no, I just want to yeah, go to the gym I'm, and some PRs. You see, that's you see how that's still better than anything Coomers can come up with, right? That's why if you have a lazy answer to this as a man, it just is such a red flag. Yeah. You know what also would be a red flag to me is if the man was like, I wake up at five a.m., I take a cold shower, and then I do uh, fifteen minutes of meditation. I make confidence, my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy, the, the hyper productivity guys. If they, if, yeah. if they're basically like those like LinkedIn bros who like make people feel shit if they like stop to take a breath, or a YouTuber morning routine. <laughs> or you're lazy if you take ten minutes to like stretch your legs at lunch. Yeah. <laughs> those guys. I get up and I fat shame everyone on the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I edit a YouTube video for my channel about my morning routine. Like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, I hate guys like that. You gotta step on confidence and self esteem. <laughs> yeah that guy yeah the hyper productivity guys where it's like he's got every minute of his day scheduled out right until yeah. nighttime including sex he's like are you still sleeping are you yeah. lazy that's why you're never gonna get ahead <laughs> you deserve everything that happens to you i sleep four hours a night and i schedule exactly 10 minutes for sex with my wife and not a minute more because that's all it takes for me to come and no foreplay i'm microdosing coffee i'm microdosing mushrooms i'm microdosing lsd yeah Yeah, that guy. Yeah, no, fuck those guys. Okay. That's also Um, probably, yeah, not great. This episode is sponsored by Ana Luisa Jewelry. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Hey, Queens, Mother's Day is around the corner. Go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash female dating to get beautiful pieces of jewelry during their special Mother's Day sale at buy one, get one 40% off. And with their high quality jewelry at affordable prices, Anna Luisa's unique designs will make you or the wonderful women in your life feel special and shine like the stars you are even if it's a bit late for Mother's Day in the UK. If you would like to get your hands on some fantastic carbon neutral jewellery, then please go over to shop.hannahlouisa.com forward slash female dating. They release new jewellery collections every Friday, so there's always new designs. I love my temple green necklace. It's an elegant double gold chain with a malachite pendant. Make your mom's day by going to shop.hannahlouisa.com forward slash female dating and treat her to new jewellery pieces with Anna Luisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. That'll be one piece for her and one piece for you. So question five. Uh, when did you last sing to yourself, to someone else? Okay, I will admit I'm confused by this question. Every day I sing to myself and to my dog all the time. That's adorable. I love that. I make up little songs every day and sing it to my doggy. I don't That's know so why. That's so cute. Yeah. I, okay, I do <laughs> sing, but like not often. 
And also, okay, not gonna lie, one of my pet peeves is people who sing in public. Like, that's fine to sing in your own home or in the shower or whatever, that's fine. But if I'm in public and someone is just singing, I just look at them like, are you mentally ill or something? Like, maybe this is just, like, PTSD from when I was... What do you mean by singing in public? Do you mean people on the street who sing in public, like... No, busking, that's fine. I mean, just, like, people sitting on, like, the fucking bus who just decide to sing. Like... You know, just in public, like, they're not buskers, they're just randomly singing. Or, like, this goes all the way back to when I was in theater. I was a theater kid, right? And so I did musicals, right? Like, I sang in musicals, but there was always that one group of theater kids where they just break in a fucking Les Miserables song, like, randomly. (laughs) Like, they just, like... Why do you hate Joy, Lilith? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, they would just piss me off. That's the thing. It's this is a uniquely theater kid thing to do is to just break out into song randomly in public during your day and think that other people are going to be impressed because other people are not impressed. By the way, other people are just annoyed and they think you're a fucking narcissist. Anyways, that's just me. <laughs> I don't mind if a guy does this, especially if he's like really enthusiastic about music. I mean, I've, I've dated guys like this where they just they randomly quote rap lyrics. They'll just be on their phone and then suddenly rapping. Or singing a song. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. That's another <laughs> thing. Is I've dated guys who were musicians and they would just, maybe I'm a horrible person, but there have been men who wrote songs for me or about me. And I just, for some reason, felt extremely disgusted and annoyed. And I just, <laughs> like, I don't hate Joy. It's just, like, first of all, most of the time, their lyrics would be, like, sexual. So it would be, like, something, something, the magic between your thighs or whatever. Like, that kind of stuff. That kind of grossed me out. Oh, yeah. That's off-putting, for and sure. And also would be, like way too early in the relationship so if he did it when we'd been dating you know you know um in like mallory when sal sang to mallory i thought that was kind of cute because sort of like funny in a way but like there have been times where a man sang to me like a really like serious love song and we've been dating like two three weeks and i'm like too much too soon buddy like that's just i don't know it feels like they're just trying to create accelerated intimacy or something yeah and it just makes me uncomfortable feels manipulative yeah it feels emotionally manipulative but yeah but maybe i do just hate joy no i'm kidding no no i i think that's fair because i think there's a difference between like a casual singer or a casual rapper and then like someone who makes this like a formal thing where it's part of their personality right yeah and they expect you to sit down and like clap for them and stuff and that's the other thing is if i don't i ha- i feel like i have to sit there and be like wow amazing jeremy what a wonderful song you're so great and i don't like that pressure okay yeah I don't like to feel like I have to give compliments, especially if I feel like they don't deserve it or if the song was bad and I didn't like it. The other thing is that with these men, if I didn't have that like over the top positive reaction, if I was like kind of like, um, thing, <laughs> cool. If I gave like a normal reaction, like one that felt natural to me, they'd be like, they'd blow up. They'd be like, oh my gosh, you didn't like it. And like yell at me for not being grateful or whatever. And I'm like, I don't mm. like this pressure. Okay. So again, I think the whole like not liking people who sing in public or not liking people who sing to me is just like a PTSD thing uh, because of the... <laughs> Because of the times in the past where they're not it ended doing horribly. it for your enjoyment, they're doing it for validation. So it's manipulative. Yeah. Or for themselves. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't like it. And yeah, the theater kids, they sing in public because they want people to be like, wow, oh my God, you're such a good singer. Like, even why if aren't they're you famous tune, already? Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just want to like ignore you and just listen to fucking music on my headphones on Spotify. <laughs> But yeah, it doesn't bother me. Once again, I'm biased because <laughs> I enjoy just doing it because I'm just happy. Like, I feel Aww. like I don't necessarily ex- expect anybody to react. And I think that's the difference. I just do it because it makes me happy. But that's cute, I actually. I, yeah. I, I'd probably be chill with that, especially if people are singing to their dogs. Actually, I think that's adorable. I've had to not do it outside because I forgot. 
I forgot like, oh, I'm outside the house. You can't be singing these goofy songs to your dog. And like, that's so weird. No, that's cute. Ever forgotten? Like, that's weird. That's awkward for people. But okay, if a man were to answer it, I don't know. Like, if he were to be like, yes, I sang yesterday for my other girlfriend that I'm dating right now, obviously red flag. Or if a guy, I guess the question is, when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Yesterday, I was uh, doing Beyonce with my dog and I was like, I'll be getting too much puppy. Yeah, everybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. from the block. And I was doing a little dance because that's what I do. Uh, (laughs) Your dog's probably looking at you like, what the fuck? This is my human (laughs) who chose me. Everybody mad. Yeah. Oh, that's cute, though. Here's a red flag, actually. Men who say they don't like music. That's always a red flag. There are men out there who are like, oh, I don't like music. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos doesn't like music. I think that person, I think anyone who says that is a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like listening to music, but I like when it's, like, professionally produced, like, you know, like an actual song kind of thing. Acapella just doesn't do anything for me. That's just, I don't know why I'm like that. Uh, Sorry, I hate Pitch Perfect. Don't hate me. Don't come at me. There are good acapella groups and then cheesy ones. (laughs) But there are good ones. Like, uh, I Uh, was... corny. I don't know. It's just, like, it's just me. Well, yeah, it depends. But, no, um, Jeff Bezos doesn't like music and he realized that it made people look at him like he was a sociopath so he rehearsed a bunch of uh he rehearsed a list of bands and songs that he likes just so he wouldn't appear like a weirdo but he's come out and said he doesn't like music and i'm like well that's strange yeah so i think it's a red flag if a man is too into music or hates music i like a guy that's sort of in the middle you know like a normal person has a few bands that they like that they listen to yeah that's fine yeah Yes. Anyways. Okay. So, question six. So, if you were able to live to the age of ninety and retain either the mind or body of a thirty-year-old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you want? Oh, body. body. Yeah, hundred percent body. Hell yeah! yeah. I'd want to stay healthy. And what does it mean, mind of a 30-year-old? Do I want to say immature for the rest of my life? No. The point of growing old is that you learn things and you become wise. Like, I would love to be a 90-year-old with the body of a 30-year-old, but, like, a super wise person. And when they mean mind, do they mean memories? Or they just mean, like, yeah, like you said, wisdom? Because- I'm guessing, like, the sharpness of, like, because obviously what, but, like, by the time you're 90, your mind also starts to decline. I don't know about this one, actually, because I'm not against ageing. I actually think it's a very, it's a privilege that many people don't get to have. So I've never been about this whole, I want to look as young as possible. I think, like, women as a whole need to reject the narrative that we can't look 30 when we're 30, because you know it's a natural normal you know thing to age in my opinion so Mm -hmm. i don't know about that one no i'm thinking of it mostly from the perspective of fitness it's not even about looks it's that i want to stay swole well into my (laughs) old age okay i don't like as you age you you lose muscle mass you get you know you get osteoporosis and stuff like that i don't want to deal with all of the health problems that are associated with aging it's not even about aesthetics it's just about being able-bodied and stuff right i don't want the mind of a 30 year old when i'm 90 though i think that's part of it for me i don't know it's a a tough one but i think i would rather go with mind over body personally i've seen a bunch of old immature people so i'm like uh it's not that uncommon to be physically old and have a young mind or have never matured past a certain point so I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't like those people. Yeah, I like true. people who are old and wise. And wise. If you're old, be smart. You know. I want to be old and a burden to everyone around me. <laughs> Just annoying. I'm going to pay for everything in pennies. 
<laughs> pay for a check. I'm going to pay for everything with the most annoying type of tender possible. I'm always going to use self-checkout and be confused by it. <laughs> like, I'm going to take forever at self-checkout on purpose. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, laughs> to people off. <laughs> okay. I think a red flag for this, though, would be if he says something along the lines of, you know, I would want to be, to have the body of a 30-year-old so I can attract younger women. That's a definite red flag because at fucking yeah. 90 years old, you should still date your age. Yeah, pretty much for all of these questions, if they turn into something sexual immediately, that's a red flag. Yeah. 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 Right? If they don't put any thought and it's a, it's always something sexual in response to this question or something that's going to boost their sexual you know availability or prowess or ability to get women then yeah yeah bad answer yeah so on to question seven do you have a secret hunch about how you will die i mean if he says because of my heroin habit then that's probably a red flag (laughs) i'm actually (laughs) no go ahead i think i'm gonna die alone in the gutter with a needle on my arm then yeah we're going to have to demonetize this on YouTube because I made too many drug references this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a secret hunch, but I do think it would be not a green flag, but I think it's a positive thing if he's able to talk about death in a mature way because I'm actually kind of a morbid person. Like I read autopsy reports in my spare time. I watch mortuary videos on youtube because i just don't know why people are so scared of death because it's gonna happen to everyone right so if they get very i don't know i think you have to have a mature approach to it so if he can speak about it in a matter of fact way then i think i would like that i'm like hopefully of old age yeah hopefully of old age if you're lucky yeah honestly like most of the guys that i date they say like oh i'd probably die in like a motorcycle accident or doing something really like dangerous or something i consider that maybe less of a red flag to be honest because i that's at least somewhat honest and maybe realistic because a lot of men do die from doing stupid dangerous shit uh and i'm not the kind of person to be like no don't do that because i do stupid dangerous shit but anyways (laughs) um (laughs) but that's another that's another conversation question eight and name three things you and your partner appear to have in common Ooh, so I'm trying to think of like a red flag answer to this. It would be... If a guy can't answer this question, that is a big, big red flag because, you know, there are many, many women who are in relationships with men who know nothing about them. As in like, they don't know their middle name, they don't know their hobbies, their favourite colour, stuff like that. So the birthday, nothing, yeah. Yeah, he should be able to articulate the reasons you know, your commonalities basically, because if he can't, that's a high indicator that he's only with you because of what you do for him and not necessarily like because he agrees with your commonalities and, you know, he likes your mind or I don't know your values basically. So he should be able to answer this question more depending on how long you've been together, but you know, you know, that let's assume that you're several months into the relationship. He should be able to answer this question with, yeah what i would be worried about is men who project personality traits on you that to me is just oh i can already Mm. just feel that happening and i'm getting like the hairs on my neck are standing up because i'm like oh i've been with men like that where they describe a whole personality that you don't have and like a whole set of beliefs that you don't have because they project certain traits on you so I, i would i would be looking for them projecting personality traits or things like that onto you as far as like i like you because you're like x and it's not that you're really like that. It's just that like they need that. So they're putting it or they'll say something like, um, oh, I like you because you don't criticize me like my last girlfriend or something like that. You know, 
Yeah, another one, another red flag answer would be, so it's very common, for example, for narcissistic men at the beginning of a relationship to have this sort of fantasy about how you are as a person. Like men, not just narcissistic men, but a lot of men have this idea at the beginning of the relationship. And Lundy, um, and why does he do that? They t he talks about that as well, how, um, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, they have this fantasy of the ideal woman. And because they don't know anything about you and they haven't bothered to try to get to know you, they just assume that that's what you're like. And then over the course of the relationship, as you begin to show that you're your own person and not his fantasy, that's when he starts to get angry with you or being abusive because he's like, well, you're not matching up with my fantasy. And he blames that on you rather than his own fantasy. Right. So if I were to ask this question and he were to say something like, describing personality traits that are not mine but are more likely associated with what he considers his ideal woman yeah i would run yeah yeah because that's scary. Like, well you're blunt like i am or something like that or, or they're they're trying to talk about you as an extension of themselves right yeah yeah or the things we allegedly have in common are the things that he likes about himself that he's trying to project on you if you were to say like, oh, I like how we all like, I, I like how we both ha have the same hobbies or something like that, or like how we both have similar like political values or something, I would consider, and and those are actual traits that I have, I would consider that a green flag answer. Yeah. Okay. Question nine. For what in your life do you feel the most grateful? I would definitely give like a Miss World answer. So thanks for my family, friends, career, <laughs> God. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> I am so grateful for my two podcast hosts. No, but actually that's true. That's not even like a fake answer. That's I'm true, yeah. very grateful for you ladies. So Big yeah. heart. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm just happy to have my health. Right. Like, yeah. I think, ooh, I'm trying to think of what a, a red flag answer would be. So I think in general, if you're just happy, it's showing an attitude of gratitude is in general a positive green flag. I think the yeah. only way you could really screw this question up is if you... I'm really grateful for my mom who serves me hand and foot or something like that. Yeah, is if it's just... If it's like a dig at somebody. Or if they couldn't name anything, that's the other thing. Or even if they are grateful for someone who does really nice things to them. I don't even see that immediately as a red flag. As, as I'm trying to think of something. If it's a woman, I can see that as a red flag, but yeah. Yeah, as a woman, if it's a woman doing shit, yeah. It's, I mean, it's certainly better than looking at it as an entitlement, but it's still a red flag that he sort of allows this to go on, especially if he knows it's one-sided. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a case-by-case -case basis thing. Yeah, I, I'm like Ro. I'd say the thing I'm most grateful about is the fact that I'm just physically and mentally healthy and that I have lots of people in my life who love me and who I love and my dog. And yeah, that's about it, actually. Although I do consider my dog a people sometimes. So, a people. Yeah, so <laughs> Dogs are people too. People. Dogs are people. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> question 10. <laughs> question 10. Yeah, question 10. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Well, this is loaded as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I would caveat this question and say, depending on how long you've been together, be very, very careful about oversharing. Um, yeah. You don't want to say like, even if your parents are trash, <laughs> don't tell them your parents are trash because some men, they like to they like to target women who they feel don't have strong familial connection. So be very careful with this, mm -hmm. with how you answer this, depending on how like long you've been in like together for like make sure he's vetted first before you start yeah like i wouldn't go into like oh i wish my parents weren't narcissists or something like that like i wouldn't say that on a yeah. first date i wouldn't want a man to know that and even if we'd been together a long time i'd probably be very cautious about this i've been asked this question myself 
And honestly, I don't think I'd change anything about the way I was raised, even though there were a lot of fucked up things that happened to me when I was a kid. And a lot of it was traumatic and shitty and abusive. I really like the way that I am now. And I've learned a lot from that. And I've managed to take all those shitty experiences and, you know, make a better life for myself. And I think that if I, if I'd been raised differently, I might've turned out to be a different person. And I don't know who that person is, but I'm really happy with how I am. So I don't think I'd change a thing. Honestly, yeah. no. I think that's a good answer. I think that's a good high value answer for people that come from difficult backgrounds because I've met, I know a lot of great men who had very humble and traumatic beginnings and what has made the massive difference in them uh, becoming high value, whereas a lot of men use it as a perpetual ex- excuse is the lessons they took away from it and the amount of responsibility they took over their own life. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think this is a, the, the, I don't necessarily think that even if they divulge any type of trauma or anything like that, that it's necessarily bad. And I don't necessarily think you should automatically judge everybody by how their parents are, especially if they're aware that they come from a fucked up circumstance. Um, but how he answered that's going to change. That's, that's going to determine whether it's a red flag or a green flag. If he's still blaming his parents for everything that's ever happened to him and he's like 35, yeah. that's not good. But a, a guy that's like, man, this happened, this happened. It really made me feel this way. I dedicated my life to building a better family for myself or whatever else. And these are lessons I took away and this is how I'm building my future for it. Then I think that's fine. I think that's actually a a massive green flag because you can see that this is a person who's taken away lessons and is willing to work on himself and has worked on himself. Also, I'm really proud of the fact that you know, women send me DMs on Twitter, on Reddit all the time saying like, oh, I really relate to what you said um, about, you know, your parents or about, you know, the trauma that you went through. And it really inspired me to do this, this go to therapy, break up with my abusive boyfriend, yada, yada, yada kind of thing. I really am proud of myself for the fact that so many women have taken my writing or taken the podcast and, you know, made a better life for themselves or have, you know, I like the fact that talking about my trauma has helped women with their trauma. And so if I hadn't been through that trauma, I might not have been able to help those women. Right. And so in a fucked up kind of way, I'm almost like glad that all those fucked up things happened to me because by processing it with other women, we're all able to become stronger. But yeah. Agreed. I don't know if I have a contrarian opinion, but I wish some of the shit that happened to me had happened. True. <laughs> Maybe that's just cope. Maybe that's just me being no, like, wow, I, a lot of fucked no, up no, shit no. happened to me. But I'm telling myself it's good. But it's like 50-50 though. So I definitely see your perspective because there's some things where I'm like, man, I'm definitely a different person because this happened, but I'm so much the lesson there, right? It, it all comes yeah. down to the lesson um, when it comes to like- Like if a guy was like, oh, my parents were abusive and that's just made me fucked up for life and now I'm permanently traumatized and I can never do anything with my life because of this kind of thing. I'd be like, really? Yeah, it's the random shit that gets me. It's the random shit that makes me like, damn, what did I do to deserve this? You know, just like shaking my fist at the universe, you know? But then you realize like sometimes things are in your path because they do help you learn and they do help you grow. And there's other shit where I'm like, well, that was random as fuck Mm. and that sucks. And all I can do is just pick up my stuff and pick myself up by my bootstraps and keep going. But I'm like 50-50 on that one, but definitely see your perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think for me this question if you'd asked me this maybe like five years ago um I would have probably had a different answer just said everything but as (laughs) my parents have sort of because especially in African households you grow up believing like your parents are like a god that they can do no wrong but as I've 
become an adult and my parents have started to realize that they don't have to be perfect for me and that they are human and that they make mistakes. I Could they have done things differently? Yes, but I do believe that they did the very best they could with the knowledge that they had at the time. And, you know, I extend that grace to myself when I mess up. So why wouldn't I extend it to them? Was my childhood perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And they in hindsight they could have done you know things a lot better but they still did the best they could i think well your parents are the global standard it's actually really really unusual you know what i mean (laughs) like because my parents are like that too but it's like i think it's actually really unusual to have um, i am not telling them that ever (laughs) it seems mostly a western white phenomenon uh to have parents that more or less treat you as uh, your own person, first of all, not like an immediately extension and reflection of them. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) I don't know how to like describe it, but like different from like like, your parents aren't infallible. Like there's not, there's not an instilling that like authority is automatically to to be respected or that your parents are infallible. So it's not as authoritarian in Western culture, like modern Western culture as it is in other parts of the world, which is the standard is pretty authoritarian. Yeah, exactly. So, um, 11, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think no. it depends. If someone asked me for my life story, I'd be like, you get to learn that over a long period of time in increments. I'm not going to tell you the Cliff Notes version of my life story. Fuck you for even asking me that. If someone asked me that, I'd be offended. Like, honestly. Like, it's a long, winding, harrowing tale (laughs) of treachery and deceit. You know, like, yeah, I think it would be, again, I think this is good because it forces people to make choices about what they highlight about themselves. Also, what are you going to do to set a timer? The The choice you would have to make about the sort of things you would tell people as a defining part of yourself would say a lot about who you are. So I think this is a good exercise. Like if you were like, Mm. if it was nothing but all the things that happened to you and you were like straight in victim mode all the time, um, then you would, you would maybe make the assessment that this person has not had a chance to heal from whatever's going on. And that would maybe affect your ability to, or or affect the way that you relate to them, or maybe you'd have to change the way you relate to them. If they were only talking about their, I, I, you know, I conquered everything. I've never failed. Then you'd be like, this person's a raging narcissist, you know? If, especially like guys who feel like they're quote self-made and they started on third third base, those guys are the worst. Cause I've, you know, if you, if I talk to a guy and he's like, well, first I went to this Ivy league school and then I conquered this thing and I'm a self-made man and he doesn't have any self-awareness about certain things that gave him uh, privileges over others. And I would consider that to be a guy who just likes to brag and boast and hype himself up larger than he actually is. I don't know. I th- I feel like a good answer in a guy would be just like a sort of normal, like, well, I was raised in this town and my parents raised me to be this way. And then I went to this school and I studied this and then I started this job at here. And then we did this and this and this and then blah, 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 blah. That would, I would consider a pretty green flag answer, just like listing the events in his story. But if a guy was like, first of all, like maybe the reason why I have my backup so much about this question is because if I told the actual truth of what happened, it would be like way oversharing, mm. like a, a lot of information that I'd rather just keep to myself kind of thing. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I, I don't like to be put in a situation where I feel like I have to lie or like lie by omission. And so, you know, in order for me to tell that story, I'd have to like leave out a lot of things that I feel are important, but I wouldn't want to tell that to someone that I barely know. Right. So I just look at yeah. it like you're giving them the director's cut of your life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I don't think it's bad. 
like there's a, ba- a bunch of bad shit that I would probably edit out, but I don't necessarily think it would be by omission because I would be like, well, only if I felt like it was legitimately affecting me right now. Otherwise, I'd be like, well, I left this on the cutting room floor because it wasn't essential to the story, right? If you don't have, you don't have to be your trauma, but it you know is essential I mean? to the story, you know. So I don't know. I like. I probably, yeah, I'd just be like, oh, I was born in this town and like, you know, and then I went to this school and then I studied this and then I like, that's the actual answer that I would give, right? If I was, if I didn't want to overshare. Yeah. But again, I feel like I'm leaving so much important stuff out of the story. So I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm offended by that question. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with Lilith, actually. I remember when I was getting to know, like like my partner, he's very anti-oversharing. So over time, he's opened up a lot more and I think that's probably a much healthier approach than just diary of the mouth early on especially because like this is a generalization but women tend to kind of take this I'm gonna be vulnerable and see that as a mechanism to get closer to a man when they don't see it the same way Mm -hmm. so you sort of have to yeah, you have to guard yourself, basically. And I, th- and I think with this question, again, if you're vetting and you're getting to know somebody, um, they should know quite a bit about you over time. And that should happen organically as opposed to you just, like, dumping on them in a very short space of time. Um, question 12, and this will be the last question for this section, this episode. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained any one quality or ability, what would it Invisibility. be? Invisibility. Invisibility. I would kick people so, in the balls and steal everything. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would just, I would get invisibility and I would steal shit. I would go to the richest parts of town and steal everything that wasn't nailed down and kick all the people I didn't like in the balls. And I don't know why God hasn't given me this power yet because it would just make me so happy. You know what's funny though? If you ask men and women what they would do with invisibility, men, I mean, they might not say this, but they'd definitely be thinking like, oh, I'd go into women's locker rooms and watch them naked or something. Like men would almost always use it for something sexual. Women would almost always use it for like, oh, I want to walk down the street without being catcalled Mm -hmm. or I want to steal something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love the mental image. Definitely pro stealing shit. (laughs) <laughs> I love the mental image of Ro like walking down the street or just like finding someone she doesn't like, kicking them in the balls, and I'm just being like, ah, look, I'm no idea. I would commit so much crime. Uh, <laughs> Ro, our <laughs> criminal mastermind. No. Criminal mastermind. I'd be sneaking into bank vaults. It would just be everything. Yeah. <laughs> I would like the ability to pick things up really quickly. Like anything oh, I wanted quickly? to do, just, just, yeah, just pick it up. Like, quickly because you know how some people are just like prodigies like that i'd love that ability i had the mental image of being able to physically when you said pick things up quickly i thought it meant like oh i could just pick up weights really fast and just be super strong like no just pick up 150 kg no i mean like like concepts ideas like learning just just to yeah just have like a quicker mind i think sharper mind i know that's quite like dull but i feel like if you can do that then you can do like pretty much anything in half the time i wish i could just be wake up and just be a trillionaire that's the quality that i would want is to just be extremely rich that's like the one quality that i would want or is wealthy equality is wealthy is born wealthy equality yeah i think yes um if but that's only if i had to answer of like non-superhuman like my first question is like in this question can i say like superpowers or like supernatural things like rose invisibility um or does it have to be something like real i've thought about this for years by the way so 
<laughs> Although this question just came up. This is like something I've thought to myself. Like, if I could have one thing, it would be invisibility for sure. Mm. I wish I could fly or like teleport. That would be the, like, I wish I could go anywhere at any time for any reason. Um, like, I, I, yeah, I, cause I'd use that probably for traveling. Like that saves so much money on airfare. Um, another good one would be, yeah, I wish I could read people's minds, although I don't really need that as much cause I'm pretty good at reading people just based on their facial expressions and body language. Um, another good one would be, um, like telekinesis, like being able to make, you know, control objects around you, that kind of thing. Those are some other good qualities. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd probably, I don't know what, see would if be you're some... invisible, you can just like be invisible and pick that shit up. Right. <laughs> and then no one would know. I feel like telekinesis, like you'd, you'd have to always do it privately because then people would suspect. I want to, I want no, something. But then, no, but then people would see, I would, I would not hide it. I would want people to know that I was telekinetic and then just have like godlike powers. Uh, then, okay. But then again, I'd probably get kidnapped by the US government and they'd do weird experiments on me or some shit. Oh, for sure. They're all about that. Yeah. Well, I want to keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would be some red flag answers? Again, I think like very rightfully said, anything that will increase his uh, sexual um, access to women is a if red a flag. If a man said invisibility, so... I'd be like, nope. Um, if he wants invisibility <laughs> for Rose reasons, I'm like, okay, that's hilarious to me. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, if he wants to steal, I think <laughs> I'd be like, all right, then. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. I, yeah. Very important though. I would want if he were to say that, I'd be like, yeah, like what Rose said, I'd go to the richest neighborhood and steal anything steal that wasn't everything. nailed down. Because again, fuck the rich. I would want to steal all of their shit. I wouldn't want someone who would like, I don't know, just like vandalize you know, shit from like normal hardworking people. That's like rude. But yeah. Um what are some other red flag? I use my powers for good. It only I'd only kick people in the balls if they were bad people. <laughs> yeah exactly same honestly i'd be like a robin hood if i had invisibility i'd be like a robin hood figure i would steal from the rich and give to the poor because again that's just how i be um but also give to myself because i'm also a little bit selfish like that so there's that um what else what was some what are some red flag answers in a man yeah anything sexual for sure and then i think yeah. um Maybe if almost if it's like if he says something if he says something like I wish I didn't have to work <laughs> red flag right. this is actually this has actually happened to me before because I used to tell men that I wanted to get like a government job where their spouse couldn't work and the number of them that were like legitimately happy at the prospect of not being able to or not having to work um because you can have your own like business but you just can't work for a company a conflict of interest and the number it was actually a good vetting strategy because if they were happy that or oh, don't have to work if we get married they were nexted because that's just lazy why is that a thing why would that be a rule that's so weird to me I mean if you're working as like say a diplomat or an ambassador it would be potentially a conflict of interest if you get a job in the country that you're as ambassador for so say like you are the ambassador to the US and you're meant to represent British interests if your spouse then works for a company based in the US it's a conflict of interest because you have a vested interest in the US and the UK at the same time if that makes mm. sense okay okay makes so that's sense. why they often so that's why they often, but they can work they can do consultancy or work for themselves but they're often like but and because it tends to be that when the woman is the diplomat or the ambassador the the man ends up 
being like the stay-at-home parent um and a lot of them get it's not like the opposite to main character syndrome but they feel somehow about it because they feel very sidelined because obviously she's the important figure and he's just like a plus a plus one so this there was this is this, this like way off track but i came across a guy who was basically wrote a whole blog complaining about how <laughs> He stays at home and is not important whilst his wife is. <laughs> um. <laughs> see, I would see it as a green flag if the man was like, oh, if, if you want to be a high-powered woman and I just stay at home and support you and raise the kids, I, as long as he's the kind who actually would do a good job raising kids and not just be a useless scrote who jerks off all day and plays Vidya or if, as a green flag if the man wanted to support my career. But yeah. Well, he wants to be actively raising the kids, but if we don't have kids, he's getting a job, like side hustle or something. Like, he's not just gonna. Mostly because idle men are just useless and kind of low key dangerous <laughs> to society. But, neat. You know. Neat. Yeah. yeah. Neat. <laughs> I think that should actually be like a um an alarm. Like you should be able to press like neat, if they say bullshit. That sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Someone turned that we into a to, TikTok we sound. Need to, <laughs> we need to we need to embarrass these fuckers honestly neat, into actually doing neat, something. Neat, neat. <laughs> so yeah but yeah that's the first section done uh we'll cover the remaining 24 in future episodes um but yeah last know what you think of these questions have you asked similar questions to a partner or an ex-partner yeah let us know your thoughts in the comments and that's the show check out our website thefemaledatingstrategy.com as well as our patreon patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for weekly bonus content merchandise discord book club etc and also following us on twitter at femdatstrat and our instagram at underscore the female dating strategy thanks for listening queens and for all you scrotes out there you gotta make confidence your bitch die mad see you next week (laughs) 